Hey, we would love to hear from you here at the Innovative Leader Podcast. Christy and I would love to get messages from you to have uh, an idea of what your thoughts are about this podcast. So we would love to, for you to send us a message at anchor.fm slash innovative leader. Just go there, click on that send a message button. You can record a message straight from your phone or the website. Let us know what you're thinking about what we're sharing. We'd love it specifically about one podcast and we'll share those messages as we receive them. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Innovative Leader Podcast featuring Christy Geiger, Executive Coach with Synergy Strategies, and David Phillips, Professor, Consultant, and Coach. So welcome everybody back to the Innovative Leader. It's Christy and I, we're going to talk today a little bit about um, the the stages of development of the internet and how that affects um, how we lead, how that affects um, how we work. Uh, and so it's going to be an interesting discussion today um, because uh, we don't we don't think so much about the evolution of the, of the web uh, and how how it has affected so much of how we do business and how we how we lead, but I think it's, uh, we both think that it is, um, it's important to, to kind of think through that and um, understand that transition um, because, because we've got at least four generations of people uh, living at the same time, functioning at the same time. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to talk about that. So uh, I'm back with uh, Christy, who's leadership coach. And um, so, so Christy, let's, Let's kind of touch on some of the stages of the internet, um, and and I'll I'll you can start. I'll fill us in, uh, fill in uh, those things as well, uh, since that's kind of part of my background. But uh, once you go ahead and start, and then we'll we'll move into to how it affects leadership. Sure, great. And maybe I'll just start with why why are we talking about this? Who cares? This seems like kind of a technology thing. Yep. Uh, David, you definitely are a seasoned and savvy tech person as well as a leadership person. I am definitely not a tech person, but a leadership person. So why in the world are we talking about this? And it, it happens to be something that David and I are both very passionate about and what actually brought us to the heart of the innovative leader and why we started this podcast and these conversations about leadership is because of this intersection of technology and leadership. And we're in this really interesting season and time period where leadership is changing. And yes, that's not really rocket science. Everybody knows leadership is changing. Everybody knows the world is moving faster and all of these different things. But the question really is, you know, do you just kind of hold on for the ride and go, oh my goodness, things are changing. What should I do? Or do you try to understand what is changing and how do we adapt as leaders in order to lead well and to lead strongly? And there's enough things. Uh, we really are moving out of this. Um, we weren't going to talk about industry, but we're moving out of this. The, there has been an industrial revolution, three phases of it. And we're really at the end of it, moving into 
Industry 4.0, which is very different from the industrial revolution that we've been in for a long time, over a hundred years. Um, and so that type of leadership that we have grown up with, that we're used to, which tends to be a very hierarchical leadership, it tends to be um, more command control, you work your way up the ladder, the person on top is in charge, even if, uh, and just whatever sneak peek, three, we'll talk 3.0 leadership is that servant leader and believes in followership. So even if you're that humble leader, you're still the expert at the top and you've paid your price and worked your way up there. And the reality is in this new era that we're in, that isn't okay anymore. Um, and as the workforce tips with over 50% of millennials in the workforce, they are looking for you to be the God leader, the person who knows it all and, and imparts your divine wisdom on them. They feel like they're pretty educated and they are pretty educated. And they feel like they understand things and have a lot of potential and have a lot of excitement to change the world and make a difference. And so as leaders, we can really sit there still in our old leadership skin, trying to lead in this new leadership era and it creates a lot of tension. Yeah. And even in the last uh, year, really, we're sitting still in 2020. It's October since COVID really in the United States in March is when the impacts of that were really the greatest. We've talked a lot about being a, um, whether, whether you are uh, the whole Simon Sinek, are you a finite or an infinite leader? In our old leadership style, finite leadership, what was known and in the box, the rules of the game was a great way to lead. But as we move into this new era, which is really created by the web, as we move into this new era, we need to learn how to play an infinite game and be more dynamic and flexible. Otherwise, as leaders, we experience stress, we experience burnout, we experience discouragement, because as we're leading, we feel like we have to keep retrenching the plan mm -hmm. and we have to keep talking to people and they want to know what we're, where we're headed. And we don't really know because it's hard to see what's ahead. So leadership right now is tough, but it's tougher when we lead in the old paradigm versus the new paradigm. And so today we wanted to talk about the web evolutions and how it's affected leadership because it gives us a clue on how to lead in the future. So David, go back and give us some context for, again, yeah, you are definitely the expert in where this whole web came from because it has massively influenced the way that we think and operate. And nobody, not even grandma can say, oh, not me, I just make bread, not me. No, even grandma is being hard pressed to adapt and to get that smartphone and to text or to get on Facebook or whatever it is. So. We, we all are affected by the web, even though we feel like we're not. So David, what's the, what's the stages? How did this happen? Where did this come from? Yeah, so uh, the, the, in, the internet arose out of a project um, done by uh, a, kind of a clandestine group within the, the US government called DARPA. Um, and so it's, it's really military. Um, and so, so it, it kind of uh, it was started there. It was a, a way to connect, uh, to have interconnectivity between computers. Um, it, it evolved into commercial interests. Uh, some of the early um, 
internet, what we would consider the 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 fiber that that runs the internet was was put in place in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, still more military, still more government, not so much military at that point. Um, and if you actually, there, there are certain things you can do, um, uh, uh, certain commands uh, in the internet. And if you if you look at where uh, different things, uh, they call them hops. So um, if if I leave my if I do a, a if I trace my internet connection from here to um, Apple.com, for instance, uh, it's going to go through a series of connection points. They call them hops. Um, uh, so, so that the the con- the connection from my home to where Apple's server happens to be, um, it, it takes a series of hops. It's, it goes through various connection points, and so you can actually still see ARP. Uh, they call it ARP uh, uh, ARPA in those hops when you do when you trace that. So, it, so it, it developed out of the military into. Um, commercial applications in the in the late um late 60s early 70s uh, i met a guy uh, when i lived in tampa who said he laid the first fiber in tampa for um for the internet back in 69 um and so uh so it kind of goes back that far what we what we see of um uh, of really commercial application and then consumer use started in the 80s with things like CompuServe and AOL, uh, where you could dial in to a phone number, right? You had the modem, you dial into a, dial the number, it would connect you to a server, uh, an AOL server, a CompuServe server um, at some location. And, and it it would take you all night to, to do something, but you could search for information. You could see uh, that, you could send a message to somebody who happened to be on AOL or who happened to be on CompuServe. Um, and so that really was kind of the beginning or a phase one of the internet, internet 1.0. Um, you, you could, you had Netscape uh, with their browser, Netscape 1.0 uh, and uh, HTML that arose out of that. So people could, could search for something. AltaVista was one of the big search engines back in the day. And, and, and so most of the internet was made up of static sites. Um, so that kind of, that kind of started to transition in um, the nine, in late nineties. Uh, I started working in the internet industry in 97. Uh, and that was, uh, there was some dynamic nature to that. Uh, and I, I remember um, I worked for a company that developed a search engine for, for shopping. Uh, I started there in 97 uh, and ended in 99. And we were trying to build a whole database of shopping sites. And I think we, we finally got like uh, 10,000. Um, so that, that was more of the, the, the beginning of phase two, um, which was more networked. So you started seeing Amazon come on board. You started seeing uh, some of these places where you could buy things online. So that was like 96, 97. And that lasted until um, probably 2003, 2004, 2006. That's the beginning of, or that's the, the commercialization uh, of Facebook. 
Uh, Twitter came not too long after that. And so that really is phase three or web 3.0. Uh, so, so you have social media that comes out of that. Uh, you have the iPhone that deve is developed in 2007. Now we've got apps. We're streaming things on our phones. So you've got mobility. You've got social media. You've got the use of, um, uh, of video more, beginning to the, utilize video more. Uh, you start seeing cloud computing uh, come into play uh, with companies like uh, Amazon and Google and um, and even Microsoft. And uh, so that lasted, that lasts, I mean, we're still in it, uh, but right around 2017, you start making this transition to uh, what is really web 4.0. Uh, it, it ties in oddly enough with industry 4.0. So it's that fourth industrial revolution. And it, and it has things like internet of things. You start to see, um, uh, this interconnectivity, not just so you, you can, you can watch the video, the camera at your house. Now you can, um, uh, and, and now they're even, they're doing things with spatial awareness. So, so there's holograms that are being used. And, and so there's all kinds of these, uh, spatial awareness things where doctors are using holograms and even in some cases performing surgery thousands of miles away. Um, looking at 3D images of the heart and, and things like that. So, so we're now kind of, we've transitioned into that 4.0 era uh, while I think, I think most of us are kind of functioning in that 3, 3.0 era, but that's kind of the phases of the internet. And when you think about the, the, the transition that has happened in 20, uh, 25 years, you've gone from static here. I'm going to put up a few pictures and things like that, put up a, a book uh, or just something that I've written to now you've got um, people, uh, you know, doing social media and, and reviews and all kinds of things where one particular review could ruin a, a company. Um, one particular video going viral could, uh, could destroy a company or it could make someone, you know, thousands or even millions of dollars. Um, so that's kind of the, the errors, the, the errors of the internet and the, the situation we're living in now. And, uh, and it has changed the way we do business. It's changed the way we, we lead. And uh, in some cases it, it, you can see it actually matching up with um, uh, gener different generations. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. So really what you just covered is really from web 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and 4.0. So we would follow more, um, I wasn't really familiar with them, but David's familiar with Deloitte has, and Cisco has theirs. Deloitte kind of says we're more in a 3.0 era. Cisco has us more in a 4.0 era. According to the descriptions, we're kind of following more with that 4.0. So really four stages of the web from moving from very static one way in a past video we talked about that i i really uh, says i'm unstable can you hear me <laughs> just see <laughs> okay. go ahead uh, in a past video, I know I like to use the car analogy that 1.0 is kind of like the car with a one lane road. 
it's information that comes out to the public versus that 2.0 is a two lane road, information out, information back, like you said, email, things like that is the two way street. Um, Web 3.0, some people talk about that as information out, information back. And then the beginning of the smart or the intelligent internet that can take data and not only be sharing information, but extracting data in order to give you a better user experience. Yeah. And then 4.0, um, that's where I like to talk about the, the airplane. And we're now not a car on the road going north, south, east, west, but we've come up here to the airplane where we can go any direction. We can change the whatever altitude that we're at. It's very dynamic and very nimble as we move into this 4.0, as things, like you were saying, become more interactive, they become more, just less finite. It's not as concrete as it was. But like you were just saying there in the end, so how does that change the way we work? And really, in our lifetime, I always felt so sad with my grandparents. So my grandparents are both now deceased. They would just be over 100. Um, but I, I felt their era was so incredible because they went from the horse and buggy to cars, from pit toilets and outhouses to flush toilets, from you know cellars and whatever to refrigerators and microwaves, right. um, electricity and not electricity. So airplanes and not airplanes. So so much in the last 100 years has been developed, but how does that change the way we work? Before we get to leadership, how does that change the way we work? What are just some things that you feel it changes how we work? Yeah, so um, so we, I think we work, um, I think we, I think it changes how we work because there is so much information available now. Um, with, a, with a couple of clicks on your phone, you can find out anything you want about a company. And in some cases, a company can find anything out about you or a lot of about you because, because of your digital footprint. And so it, it, it has driven uh, companies like Facebook and Twitter to really see the customer as a product that they can commodify um, for money. And, uh, and so you see the, the, you see these businesses that pop up and, and, and they spend a lot of money, but they make a lot of money because they're selling information. So the kinds of work that we do um, have, have changed. The, the, the way that the customer is perceived um, has changed and um, the, the access to information has created a whole different um, understanding of, of what we do and how we do it and how we need to, to operate uh, in, in that highly informative um, world. Um, so, so we itch and, it, and then from that, it changes how we lead uh, again, because one video could, could bring down a mom and pop completely. Uh, it can impact um, even a major, a, a major corporation. Um, and so I, I think the work that is being done has changed. And then the impact of that on how we lead is, is we're, we're figuring, we're figuring that out now. So. 
Well, and I think what you're talking about with information as far as people having access to that information allows people to be more educated, more yep. informed, but it also allows them to be more resourceful to get educated, whether you're doing remote learning. I mean, look, it's changing the landscape of the education institute. It right. used to be that you had to go to school. You don't have to go to school anymore. That used to be a very fixed part of the process. This is a rule. You go to school and you get you finish eighth grade. Okay, now you finish high school. Now you finish college. Now you should get your master's or your PhD. Um, those rules are starting to really be challenged when you listen to a Seth Godin or whatever, they're not poo-pooing school. They're just saying school needs to adapt to our 4.0 type of world. So right. how dynamic are we? And when people have access to all that information, if we go back to web 4.0 where it was very static, the thing of it is, is that it was the elite person who had the ability to share the information, got to share the information. They were the expert. Everybody else, like you said, was, was the consumer who took in the information. And so there were these sage experts that were respected. But I think the more that people have access to the information themselves, it creates two different things. Number one, authority becomes less powerful and less yeah. respected because I can be my own authority. I can go figure that out. I can go take a class. I don't need the teacher at XYZ University in order to tell me that and give me a sheet of paper diploma. I can go learn that and apply that on my own. And so it really creates a self-empowerment in the way that we work because we can be resourceful and figure that out. But it also leads to a little bit of the slide of authority. You don't get to hold an authority position just because you have that position. There has to be something else that earns that level of authority because I can go figure it out on my own. I don't need you to tell me. And also then I think it feeds into trust and that the way that we trust is a little bit different, even though, you know, the classic saying you can't trust everything you read on the internet, there's a way that the internet almost is more trusted than the average authority figure. So it really creates this um, community where people trust one another more than they trust an authority figure because they feel like that person may have an agenda. So skepticism and trust increase, even though you could make a case for how do you believe that, but yet people believe the community. It grows a community of a common um, experience that, that that common person can take their future into their own hands. And I think another piece of that is just the world wide web. It expands our canvas. A mm -hmm. hundred years ago, you generally didn't travel that far. If you grew up and moved out of mom and dad's home, you kind of stayed in the same city. And for the people who traveled further where I grew up and my mom and dad moved to a different state than her parents, it was kind of like, wow, that's really, you're really far away and it's expensive to call you and it's hard to stay in touch with you. And now we can only write letters. It was not the uh, prized thing to move away. But as transportation became affordable, the internet became bigger, it made the world smaller in that our expanded awareness of what's happening all over the world became very highly, we, we became very in tune to that. 
And so people wanting to travel the world, being aware of other parts of the world that had were disparaged and not as healthy or whatever, I think that's what's kind of growing this desire, A, to be in the world, not just at home, not just in your town, not just in the United States or whatever, whatever country you're in, it is much more common now to have this expansive awareness. And I think that changes the way that we work. We, we work remotely, we work all over the world, yeah. Our, our work is more worldwide rather than just serving, you know, the people in town. So real quick, I know we got to wrap up here in a second and you got to jump. So, and there's a lot more on this, but yeah. well, from those things, how does it begin to change the way we lead? So if we just connect some of those dots and we think about how does this begin to cause us to reflect on how does this change the way that we lead or we should be leading? Yeah. So we, we have to, we have to be, um, we have to be more, uh, oddly enough, we have to be more relational. And I think in our leadership, uh, we have to be more, more relational in our in uh, in how we relate to to our our employees, our staff. But we have to we have to model and train those kinds of things because because if um, if we are aware of um, well, let's, let's just go back to things like Yelp and reviews and things like that. You know, uh, if if one video can impact uh, the 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 finances or even reputation of a company, then we have to train differently. We have to um, lead differently. We have to help people understand how to be um, how to to be to communicate differently, so that um, so that we don't offend so that we um, develop and um, so that uh, those, those kinds of things happen. Hold on, Tina, I'll be right there. And so, sorry, my son uh, jumped in. Um, He's ready for you. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, um, so we have, to, we have to think differently. We have to train differently. We have to be more aware and cognizant. We also have to be uh, aware from a, from a leadership standpoint of what's going on in the world because it impacts, uh, it impacts how, we, um, how we, what we purchase, how we, um, how we do business, uh, how, we, um, how we work with different people groups, people types, uh, all those, all those different things. There's just so much, there's so much that we have to be aware of as leaders. And sometimes it even gets a little bit overwhelming at the information that, that is, is available. Um, but, but there's so much information there that we have to, uh, we have to take in so that we can, um, we can ex expand our business so that we can grow our customer base uh, and so that we can lead effectively uh, through, through that. And if you adju can adjust, if you can see what's going on, you can adjust and, and make changes to that, then we can, uh, then you can, uh, to what's going on, then, then you can move and adapt uh, in a world that is, is constantly uh, living, uh, constantly this complex and constantly uh, moving and changing and adjusting. So I think it has created a higher level of complexity uh, in our leadership and, and even how we do business. And that um, so we have to, we have to think about those things much more. It's, it's a much different mindset uh, on, on leadership than it is 
um, than it used to be 20 years ago or, or even, you know, 30 years ago. So everything has to be much more relational. It has to be much more um, in tune with what's going on. It has to be um, more, uh, less controlling and more flexible. Um, it has to be um, more, more coaching and less authoritarian. Uh, you have to think of yourself as uh, people like influencers, not authority. Uh, authority. Uh, and so that's why you have Instagram influencers, YouTube influencers. So the authorities have become, the, the name is different. They're influencers. They're not, uh, they're not authorities anymore. Mm -hmm. Great call out to that. Agree. Yeah, very relational. Like the purpose of leadership really changes. The purpose of leadership isn't for you to be the big smart head that directs everything, but the purpose of leadership is to be that influencer. And I like that call out to notice how that shows up in social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it is, there are those influencers anywhere. Uh, YouTube, you see the, you see it in all those places. Um, also, I think another purpose of leadership really is about vision and that ultimately it is that why and that vision, where are we headed and why are we headed there? And that you create a plan, but you hold that plan loosely. And I think that's one of the challenges that we've been grappling with in the last six months where we try to make a plan and, and we have that plan really mapped out. And then when we need to adapt or edit or adjust that plan, it feels frustrating or that that planning was futile or, or not necessary or whatever. But really it's, you're creating the plan, but you're holding it loosely. You're, you are more flexible. You are more flexible and dynamic. Um, I like what you were saying about complexity too. I think the complexity is definitely there and a leader's job is to make the complex simple yep. so that people can understand their purpose, their role and how they're making a difference. Like you were talking about that customer experience, but then also not just using people, but there's an employee experience to pay attention to right. and that we have an employee experience that really feeds the customer experience, which creates that overall experience. So yes, leadership is changing. Um, and I think sometimes we want it to stop changing and we <laughs> yeah. want it to slow down and we want it to just be simple and it's not. So what will help us is by accepting and embracing the change as part of the new normal um, and accept these ripples and these constant needs to adapt as part of, you know, if you're flying in an airplane and there's a little turbulence, you don't freak out. Um, it, that just happens when you fly. So we need to understand what it means to fly right now is a, is a slightly different evolved kind of leadership. And the more we lean into that, uh, the better we can lead, the more we study kind of where that happened with the internet, the more we can understand why that's happening because it is directly connected to these evolutions that have been happening over the last hundred years. Right. And it now is saying, okay, now you have to lead differently, even though we don't really want to sometimes. Exactly. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, um, we can continue this conversation because there's plenty more there. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more there. So let's, let's do that. Maybe we'll, we'll touch on that again next week. Um, but uh, today, uh, as we wrap up, just, uh, just think about those uh, different phases of the web, different versions of, of the web, 1.2.3.4.0. Think about where you are and where you function. Uh, most of us, I think, function in 3.0. Um, but um, 
So think about that and then begin to consider how you can change your leadership to function in, in a different way. Uh, and um, because it's coming, it's actually, it's already here. Uh, and we're going to have to, we're going to have to deal with those kinds of things. Um, so as we, as we wrap up, uh, we'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear you, how you are leading in, in, in this version of, of the world, this version of leadership, this version of um, web 4.0 um, or even web 3.0. Uh, so we'd love for you to leave comments, uh, or even rate our podcast. That would be great. Uh, and again, you can find our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. Uh, so uh, anything else as we wrap up, Chrissy? No, that's great. And just as you're thinking about those, I think those are great questions to reflect on, but what you're curious about, what are you noticing in these different stages? What are you curious about? What do you want to understand more? And how do you see it affecting you and your team is great. Let's create it as a community discussion and grow and learn together. Absolutely. All right. We'll, uh, All right. we'll see you, talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Sounds All good. Right. Take care. You too. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Innovative Leader today. You can find us at anchor.fm slash innovative leader. You can find us also at our website, innovativeleader.co. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. So anywhere uh, you get your podcast, uh, you can find us. Also, we'd love for you to rate us at Apple. That way we can uh, we can know what you think of our podcast and it helps us get um, elevated in the listings as well. Also, if you'd like to join uh, and maybe help um, support our podcast, you can do that as well. Go to anchor.fm slash innovative leader and click on um, the support option. And again, don't forget, send us messages about what you think uh, of our podcast today, anchor.fm slash innovative leader.